Hello, everybody. Welcome into College Football 365 Podcast. My name is Don Count Croy. I'm joined by Marty Leap Anthony. Uh, at least to begin this episode, is not with us, having some internet issues over his way. Hopefully, he can join us sometime in the middle of this episode. But if not, we, uh, I think me and Marty will be able to keep uh, the hatchet down here. Uh, Marty, it's it's been a while since we last talked, uh, especially for you on the podcast. Uh, so how was Christmas and how have you been? Oh, I can't complain, you know, enjoying the break. Having I haven't worked since December 22nd, and I don't work again until next Tuesday the 4th. So, you know, it's always nice to get a little bit of time off, just kind of hang out, do some stuff with the family, and relax and enjoy the holiday. Certainly, certainly. I uh, It's been a eventful last six days uh, for myself. Uh, got engaged, so uh, officially now in wedding planning mode after uh, uh, five years of my girlfriend, or now fiance, Brooke. Um, and then uh, over the last few days, Brooke got COVID. She's, uh, she got it while she was uh, at her parents' house, so she's quarantining at her parents' house. I'm currently at home uh, by myself through the rest of the weekend. So uh, that's a little disappointing, uh, but uh, what are you going to do? So a little bit of good and bad for myself, I guess. Um, I will drink my sorrows away tomorrow on New Year's Eve by watching uh, college football. And uh, might as well order some pizza and wings and just have a little party for one. Hey, you know, at least the good definitely outweighs the bad there. So congratulations. I mean, I've already told you, but on the air, congratulations on the engagement. Thank you very much. But let's get into uh, college football bowl games again. So last time me and Anthony talked, we went up until um, December 29th. Uh, so all the way up until uh, the near six games basically begin. Um, before we preview the games from the peach ball on is there any games over the last week you want to briefly discuss or mention or anything like that no i don't really think so um i mean after the cheese bowl performance last night brock purdy made everybody cheese it's again his entire life um after some of the the follies he had in that game and it was cool to see bob stoops back on the oklahoma sidelines the visor yeah. back and you know getting that w over oregon doing it pretty commanding fashion but you know, I mean, it hasn't been too many crazy bowl games yet this year, but, you know, it's just been fun to have bowl season, and thankfully most of them have gone off without too many problems. Yeah, that Oklahoma bowl game was uh, – it was cool to see Bob back on the sidelines. It was cool uh, to see Drake get that touchdown on a play that obviously Bob uh, called up for Drake to potentially get the touchdown there, and he did. Uh, so that was a cool moment. Uh like you said, Brock Purdy is going to probably be having nightmares about that fumble he had in, in the final minute of that game as uh, the Cyclones are driving to tie that game. Uh, that was a solid, fun game to watch as well. Um, I, I was not expecting Maryland to absolutely run Virginia Tech out of Yankee Stadium like they did, uh, but that was an impressive victory for the Terrapins. Uh, besides that, not, not much uh, – I have to take away from the last week or so. A lot of solid games, not a lot of great games. I think great games, uh, the one you'd have to think of right off bad outside of Clemson, Iowa State, would be uh, 
Houston and uh, Houston and Auburn and Air Force and Louisville as uh, those are two really fun games to watch back and forth action. Uh, really close ones as well. But with that, let's get into previewing the New York Six games uh, and, uh, from December 30th going forward. Uh, so by the time this podcast gets posted, uh, three games on December 30th would have been played. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Tennessee, Purdue, and Wisconsin, Arizona State. Uh, for uh, quick, quickly going over the podcast, our picks here. Um, you had South Carolina covering against UNC. I had South Carolina covering. Anthony had South Carolina covering. Um, we all had, I think, UNC winning straight up. And then uh, we also have, uh, I had the over in South Carolina, UNC. Uh, what was your over under for South Carolina versus UNC? I had the under in this game, and that is not going to hit at all because the under was 57 and a half and there's currently eight minutes to go in the third quarter and they're already at 45 and UNC is about to score again. So I picked the under, but barring the offense is just crapping all over themselves in the last 30 minutes or 25 minutes of this game. That is not going to happen. And then Anthony, I believe had the over in this one. All right. Tennessee Purdue currently, uh, as we record, the spread was Tennessee minus seven. Uh, I have Tennessee covering that, and I have the uh, over. Sorry, I have the under at sixty-five. Yeah, I'm the same way. Give me the Volunteers and give me the under. I think if Purdue was going to be full strength, I would definitely take the over and potentially pick the Boilermakers to win outright. But with who Purdue would be missing, give me the Volunteers and the under. And Anthony had the Vols as well as the over, and then finally Wisconsin Arizona State. Wisconsin currently a seven point favorite under over under 43 and a half. Give me the Badgers. Give me that under. And, and Anthony also had uh, Wisconsin covering, but he has the over at 43 and a half. Yeah, I have the Badgers also, and I'm also going to go with the over. Um, Arizona State's another team who's been gutted by opt outs and things of that nature. I just can't see them getting enough stops against Wisconsin's offense. And I think ultimately the Sun Devil. Offense will give me at least 14 to 17 points. I think if they do that, they're going to hit the over. All right. Now let's get into the New Year's Six Bowl games or starting with New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, we start with the Peach Bowl here on uh, Thursday night. Pittsburgh versus Michigan State. This was a game where uh, entering it bowl season, it was it looked like it was going to be a really high-scoring game. Uh, obviously, Kenny Pickett, that pit offense, has been just – explosive all season one of the best offenses all of college football they lost Kenny Pickett however he's opted out preparing for the draft um, Mark Whipple their offense coordinator has gone to Nebraska and then on the other side of the ball Kenneth Walker has opted out and is preparing for the uh, NFL draft as well so the two biggest players in this game are now gone and uh, it's now Michigan State a minus three and a half point favorite here the over under set at 56, uh, I'll be honest, I'm still a fan of the over in this one. I still think there's going to be a ton of points scored. This Michigan State um, secondary has been uh, terrible all year, and I don't care if it's Kenny Pickett or Patty back there as their quarterback. They're going to put up 
quite a bit of points on this uh, Michigan State secondary um, just through the air itself, obviously, uh, and not to mention what they could do on the ground. And then I, I think Pitt's defense will uh, be will will have its weaknesses shown quite a bit. So I, I still think I like the over here in terms of the uh, spread at three and a half in favor of Michigan State. I think I'm leaning right now towards the Spartans. Uh, to cover now with uh, no Ryan, uh, sorry, no Pickett. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know Michigan State doesn't have Kenneth Walker, but I think no Kenny Pickett and no Mark Whipple is a, is a much larger blow to Pitt than no Kenneth Walker is to Missis- or to Michigan State. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, when this bowl matchup was first announced, I was thinking this thing had like 59-56 just written all over it. Uh, with Pickett against that secondary and Pitt's defense is not very good, but um, yeah, you know, I, I'm with you. I, give me the Spartans in the, in the Pat Narduzzi peach bowl. Um, you know, as a Penn state fan, this is one of those bowl games that you just kind of hope both teams find a way to lose. Cause there are two programs that are more difficult for me to stomach than Pitt and Michigan state. And the common denominator there happens to be Pat Narduzzi. So yeah, I, I think that the Spartans wind up getting this done. I think they cover, like I said, I think their offense with that passing attack can still really exploit Pitt's defense. Um, and I think Pitt, the drop-off from Kenny Pickett to Nick Patty is going to be substantial. And I agree that they'll still be able to get some plays with Jordan Addison against that secondary. But I don't think they get enough plays. Give me the Spartans. And I think they'll wind up going under. 56 is a lot of points for a game between these two teams where there's no Kenneth Walker and there's no – Kenny Pickett, and there's no Mark Whipple. So give me the under and give me the Spartans. When this was definitely a game that pre-opt-outs, I would have said over in the Panthers. Yeah, I, I fully agree with uh, your your sentiment there about this uh, game, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And, of course, uh, when I said uh, Patty earlier, I'm referencing uh, Pitt quarterback Nick Patty, who's also a former UCF quarterback. But uh, that wraps up the December th- 30th games. Let's go on to New Year's Day. Uh, sorry, New Year's Eve. Um, we start with Wake Forest against Rutgers as a game that just got thrown together in the last couple of days after uh, Texas A&M was unable to, had to back out of the bowl game due to COVID issues. Rutgers took their place. Currently, the spread is Wake Forest minus 15 and a half over under set at 62. I'm actually going to I Thing take Wake Forest here. Uh, if Rutgers had more time than six days or whatever to prepare for this game, maybe I'd take it at that spread. But I'm not sure Rutgers is going to be able to stop Wake Forest in any sort of way here. And now in terms of the over-under, that's a tough one. This Rutgers offense is not great, but this Wake Forest defense is uh, one of the worst, I think, in entire power. Not even, I think, is one of the worst in entire power five despite going 10 and three this year. So, you know, give me the over because I, I can see Wake Forest putting up 48, 50 points in this game, which means Rutgers only needs to find a way to get 14 to 17 points for that over hit. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the over also for the same reason. I think Wake Forest is going to score enough to get it to where, you know, Rutgers doesn't need to do much to get it there. And you factor in that how poor the Demon Deacon defense is. Um, as for the point spread, give, give me Wake Forest to cover. I mean, I think Wake Forest is going to be very motivated. This is honestly one of the best seasons in school history. They're going to want to finish strong with a bull victory. And, you know, Rutgers is Rutgers. They're just not very good. Um, 
Now, the one caveat I always have with Rutgers, I think the world of Greg Schiano is a coach. There are a few coaches in college football who has who does a better job of getting his team ready to play than Greg Schiano does. But like you said, they've had what five or six days to prepare for this. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm with you. Where I think had Rutgers had the same amount of time to pre- prepare for this game as Wake Forest, I, I probably would contemplate picking the Scarlet Knights to cover. But I think with all factors here, I think Wake Forest wins this one, and they probably win it pretty easily. I think we we, we get a cover in the process. I, I definitely could see this being something like 49 to 24, where the cover just – or the, the over, excuse me, just gets blown away. Sure. Uh, we moved out to the Texas Gator Bowl. We move on to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Washington State versus Central Michigan. Uh, this, this is um, – this is an interesting matchup, to say the least. Here, um, God, who who's in the Sun Bowl before? It was supposed to be Washington. No oh, shit. Hold on. Why am I blanking on this, Marty? Why am I blanking? On this? I'm too. Was it always Central? No, Central Michigan was going to be no, in the. Central uh, Michigan was supposed to play Boise. Yeah, in Miami. the Arizona Bowl. It was Miami. It was that's Miami. right. So Miami. The U had to back out due to COVID as well. Boise had to back out of the Arizona ball due to COVID, which left Central Michigan able to play, and they just jumped all the way over down the road to take on Washington State in the Sun Bowl. Uh, This game taking place in El Paso, Texas, so not that far of a trip for Central Michigan when they're already uh, in Arizona or headed to Arizona at the time. Uh, Washington State here is a seven-point favorite over the Chippewas, uh, over under set at 57 and a half. Give me, Marty, Washington State to win and cover this. In terms of the over under, give me the under at 57 and a half. Um, actually, no. Give me the over because I, while they've known for a couple days, I don't think they would have been able to have fully enough time to prepare for each other here, uh, which could lead to a lot of explosive plays defensively. So give me the over here, but give me Washington State to cover and win. I'm going to take the under in this one. Um, I agree with Washington State covering also. Um, I could see Central Michigan being a motivated team. Um, you know, like how, how often is Central Michigan going to get to play in the sun? I mean, not that the Sun Bowl is the be-all, end-all, but that's one of the better non-New Year's Six Bowls. So this is a pretty big opportunity for Central Michigan to play in a bowl like this. But yeah, Washington State's been playing really well down the stretch. Give me the Cougs. I think they cover, and I think we wind up getting the under here. And I, for the same reasons you said you could see this kind of getting loose a little bit, I think for those same reasons we see this thing being a rock fight because I just don't know what either offense is going to be ready to bring to the table in this thing. I definitely could see this being like a 20-14 to kind of game. Yeah, I think that's another fair way to look at it. I think – Either way, really, is a fair way to look at it. And it could really go either way. I think it comes down to, are you a bigger believer in an unprepared offense against unprepared offenses against unprepared defenses or vice versa? Who has the upper edge? Neither defense is truly fantastic in this one, but they're, neither one is horrendous either. Washington State allowing 24.3 points per game. Uh, the Chippewas, 26.2. Uh, so points will be... There will be points at some point. How many it will be, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that takes us into the College Football Playoff semifinals here on New Year's 
Eve. At 3.30 in the Cotton Bowl, we got number four, Cincinnati, versus number one, Alabama. Alabama still a 13.5-point favorite in this one, over-under set at 57.5. First of all, give me the over at 57.5. I do think there's a strong chance Alabama in this game scores upwards of 40 points, and I think Cincinnati could very well get into that 20-point range, uh, which I do think the over would then hit. And I also think Alabama will cover this 13.5-point spread here. We could talk about this one a little bit more in depth. And for me, this one comes down to uh, – I, I just we, – we've always talked about will these group of five teams get blown off the field by teams like Alabama and Georgia uh, because of the talent disparity. And, I mean – we all thought that possibly last year, and we were proven wrong when Cincinnati almost upset Georgia. That being said, if you ask an SEC fan or a Georgia fan, they didn't want to be in that game because it wasn't a college football championship or a college football playoff game. So why would they, you know, want to win a game? It's 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 a ridiculous sentiment, but it, that's you know what SEC fans like to tell themselves here. That being said, I, I think Alabama. While Georgia is recruited very well, is almost on a whole different level still, just in terms of the speed they recruit and the pure overall talent and how those players fit their offense and defense. Uh, Cincinnati has struggled against the run this year, allowing 137 and a half yards per game. Alabama has uh, been pretty strong on the ground, averaging 158 yards of total offense uh, so far this season. And then you look vice versa, Cincinnati. While they can pass the ball, averaging 250 yards per game through the air, they really rely on a strong running game at, with 180 yards per game. And that's actually where Alabama uh, is really good defensively this year, is on the ground against the run, uh, just allowing 82 yards per game this year. And I think if Alabama can shut down the Cincinnati run game and force Desmond Rare to throw the ball and beat them through the air, I, I think Alabama most likely – be fine and I, I could see them winning this by 14 to 20 points probably uh because i while desmond Ritter is a very good quarterback i'm just not sure uh that cincinnati has the offensive weapons to consistently beat a, a team as talented and as fast uh as uh, alabama is uh in defensively especially in the back half yeah, you know, I agree with all of that. And I think a big thing here, too, is, you know, you mentioned the the bowl game last year with Georgia. And as much as I will rag on people for the, well, they don't want to be there, excuse yada, yada, yada. I do think there's some credence to that thing. Because you're going to see a much different version of Alabama in the college football playoff than you're going to see from Georgia or any other Power 5 school in a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, I, I think that's a big reason why group of five schools have had so much success even going back to the BCS era, the BCS buster schools, like, you know, the year TCU went to the Rose Bowl, things like that. Obviously, Boise against Oklahoma, you see this because this game does mean more to those schools. Now, when you're in the college football playoff, it's different. This game means everything to everybody. I think the Crimson Tide are going to win. I think the Crimson Tide are going to win pretty handedly. I think they cover. I could see the under hitting, though, because I could see this being a game where Bama gets out to, like, 35 to 14, 31 to seven, and Saban just goes into coast mode to 
save bullets for the national championship game. But for Cincinnati, if, if they're going to have any chance in this game, you, I think they need to find a way to disrupt Alabama's offensive line because at times this year that has happened. There have been times, look at the Iron Bowl, Alabama's offensive line was atrocious against the average Auburn front seven. So I think they need to disrupt that offensive line. They've got to get pressure on Bryce Young. They're probably going to have to force a turnover or two. I have no doubts in my mind Luke Fickle is going to have this team ready to go. I think the world of Luke Fickle, I think he's probably one of the five or six best coaches in the country. Um, I definitely could see Cincinnati coming out like gangbusters, maybe grabbing an early lead, keeping it close into the second quarter and pushing halftime before Bama starts to pull away. But I just I can't see them having the horses to do it. I mean, you look at that offense, and if Alabama can take away Jerome Baker in that rushing attack, I'm not sure they got receivers. I, I like Desmond Ritter, but I'm not sure he's got the weapons to get the ball to. And even with Alabama, even if Cincinnati can come out and disrupt that rushing attack and cause problems on the offensive line, Bryce Young's got the ability to move around with his legs. And even without John Mechie, Alabama still just has so many weapons on the outside. You know, good good for Cincinnati for getting here. I hope it's a good game. You know, I, I expect them to be ready to go. I expect them to be extremely motivated. But in the end, Alabama's just got too much talent. And then you factor in the fact that obviously the Crimson Tide are going to be motivated also as they look to repeat as national champions and win what? They're eighth in 15 years or whatever it is. Yeah, give me the Tide. They cover, but I do think they hit the under because I think it's going to be similar to the year they beat Washington in 2016 in the semifinals. They just got up, what was it, 24 to 7 and just went into coast mode, knowing Washington had no shot of coming back. I think we could see something very similar on Friday afternoon. Yeah, another key defensively is if Alabama is able to shut down that run game. I think it's going to be very important for them to uh, send a ton of blitzes and a lot of pressure on Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter this season, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, when um, the pocket is clean, he has a passer rating of 118.4. And then when he's under pressure, his passer rating drops to 84.3. I mean, that it's not a terrible passer rating at 84.3, but that's a stark difference. Um, so I, I think you need to you need to get a ton of pressure on Desmond Ritter. Uh, but I think first of all, you have to stop that Cincinnati run game. And I, I think if they stop that Cincinnati run game, they have a pretty good shot of winning this one. Uh going away, and this one's probably over by uh midway through the third quarter. One other note also on this game. Um, I know I've mentioned this on here before when we talked about playoff expansion, but in the history of the playoff, the score differential in the 1v4 matchup has literally been an average of like 18 and a half points, and that includes the year four-seeded Ohio State upset Alabama. You take that away, and it's well over 20 points. Historically, the one-versus-four matchup in the college football playoff has not been competitive. Yeah, and – I would love for this game to be competitive. I would love for this game to come down to the wire. I don't care who wins in that aspect. I don't care who really wins this game. Um, I, I, I'm probably not going to bet on it because I I don't know if I feel good enough. Uh, I, I don't know if I – like I, I think Alabama is good enough to win this going away, but uh, I, I never like how much I doubt some teams in situations like this, but – uh, if I bet anything, it'll probably be the over-under. Um, but it'll be a shame if this is a blowout because I feel if it's a blowout, uh, then the committee is going to come back next year and be like, hey, 
we 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 put in a group of five team last year against uh, into the playoff, and look what happened. They got their ass kicked for four quarters, and it wasn't even close. Uh, if this is a blowout, the committee, I'm still fully believe if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, Cincinnati is not in this thing. But if this is a blowout, the committee will never put a group of five school in again. They didn't want to do it to begin with. They were forced to this year because all the dominoes that Cincinnati need to fall over the course of the last three to four weeks of the season fell. If this is a blowout, it'll never happen again. They will 100% put in a conference runner-up or two-loss conference champion over a group of five school moving forward. Exactly. And my, my point exactly, it's – uh, for so for the sake of college football, I want this game to be closed. I just I just don't think it's gonna happen. And as you said, historically, you look at the college football playoff. The one v four matchup has never been a close game. It's usually been a blowout, even when the four seed has won. Um, and is a uh, state still the only number four seed to ever win? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the, it's definitely not in Cincinnati's favor historically here. But we'll have to wait and find out tomorrow afternoon at 3.30 p.m. We go to 7.30 p.m., number three, Georgia versus number two, Michigan, in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Um, currently, the spread sits at Georgia, minus seven and a half, over under set of 45 and a half. Uh, I will begin with, I love the under here, even at 45 and a half. I think, I don't know if either team gets to 20 points in this one. I'm not a big believer in Stetson Bennett. I'm not a big believer in Cade McNamara. Both of these teams have very strong, well, not both, but, um, or very strong. Georgia has a very strong rush defense. Michigan's is adequate at 121 point, uh, 121 and a half yards per game. Georgia at 87, 81 yards per game allowed on the ground. But neither offense. Uh, I mean, you look at the numbers, both are averaging about 450 yards per game, but neither offense is really explosive. It, it's Those offenses rack up their yards because their defenses are so good. They get so many possessions that they just rack up yards over time. Uh, and, and same with points. And I don't think either one of these teams is really capable of beating each other's defenses consistently uh, because of the lack of, of explosiveness, especially through the air. Uh, I mean, Cade McNamara... His best receiver right now might be Andrew Anthony. Uh, Georgia has a nice receiving core, but Stetson Bennett, we saw what he did against Georgia. He does not have the arm to beat good secondaries consistently. Uh, and that schedule Georgia played this year it looks weaker and weaker every every game that's played, uh, really, against an opponent they, they've played in the past. Um, so I love the under here. In terms of the spread, I, I still think I kind of like Georgia um, to possibly cover, but at seven and a half, I think I would take Michigan. If it was seven or six and a half, I would definitely take Georgia, but at, at seven and a half, I think I would have to take Michigan here because um, I think that defense will keep them in it. I think they'll be able to force a turnover too, but I'm just not sure I see their offense being able to move the ball consistently enough and get into the end zone more than uh, – two times here against Georgia. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the under in this game for all the same reasons you said. These are two offenses that, you know, if they don't have to throw the ball, they won't, and there's a reason they won't. Um, I will be curious, though, with Georgia, if they're struggling, 
and Stetson Bennett is out there looking like Stetson Bennett, do they go to JT Daniels? Because that could change some things. Um, and early on, I was I was all Michigan in this game, and I still I still think the Wolverines are going to win this game. I'm not quite as confident as I was at one point. The closer it gets to game day, I don't know why that is, but I, I still think Michigan gets this done. I don't know. Maybe for me, it's just I don't like Kirby Smart as a game day coach. I have a hard time trusting Kirby Smart. I have a hard time banking on Kirby Smart. Maybe that's a factor here. Um, but I think that rushing attack of Haskins and Blake Corum is going to be enough for Michigan. I also think with Georgia, if they get put in a position where they have to throw the ball at some point in this game, they're going to be in trouble not just because Stetson Bennett stinks. They're going to be in trouble because Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo is probably the best pass rushing duo in the country. Um, Hutchinson, in my opinion, should have won the Heisman Trophy. Um, I think he is maybe not the best player in the country, but the most important player to his team in the country, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I think Hutchinson and Ajabo are going to have monster games. And I think we see in maybe the most rock fighty playoff game we've ever seen Michigan escape out of there. It's something ugly field goals, safeties. I, I just, I, I think Michigan wins a low scoring, ugly game. Um, yeah, well, that's, I, I respect that. I, I don't agree, but I respect that. I, I think for me, I look at Michigan. I, I think Georgia's front seven is going to be good enough to limit this Michigan run game uh, for the majority of the game. Yes, they'll get their yardages just based off volume alone. But on the other hand, Michigan is susceptible on the ground to getting beat, and Georgia has some of the – I mean, almost as deep of a backfield as Michigan, in my opinion – and averaging almost 20 yards per game, Michigan allowed 121 yards per game on the ground. So I think Georgia, even if they can't get the ball, if they can't get it done through the air consistently, I think they'll be able to get the ball moving on the ground throughout the game pretty well. And that may take the pressure off uh, Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels and allow them to open up the passing game a little bit more. And if they do that, I, I this could be game over quite quickly for Michigan because I just don't think Michigan will be able to run all day like they have against other opponents. And I I just, if they get into a situation where Cade McNamara has to beat Georgia consistently, I don't see it happening. No, I agree. If Michigan has to throw the ball with McNamara consistently, they're in trouble. And I definitely think the possibility is there that we see the rushing attack get shut down. <coughs> Excuse me. And I know this Georgia defense is a completely different animal than anything Michigan has faced. But I just don't know. Michigan's run the ball all year, and until they can't do it, I don't have a reason not to believe them. So I think Harbaugh is a better coach of the two. I, it's just – I don't know. I just, I just got this feeling in my gut that somehow, some way, Michigan gets this done. Now, I will say, and obviously we'll talk about this before the game, on another episode. I will say I don't think it matters who wins this game because Alabama is in full Death Star mode right now, so it, it, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I do think the Wolverines will find a way to get it done. Yeah, I think 
no matter who Alabama faced. I mean, if Alabama got Georgia in the national championship, I'd put the uh, I'd put the not over under. I'd put the uh, spread at Alabama minus seven against Georgia, probably. Um, and then if it's Michigan, I'm probably putting it at minus fourteen. Maybe yeah, not. I don't know if it'd be that maybe, high maybe Michigan. 10, ten and a half. Yeah, I was thinking ten and a half. Yeah, I, I think that I do think. No matter what would happen, I do believe Georgia would be a smaller underdog than Michigan would, largely because they've already played Bama and because I think people view Georgia as being the better team of the two. But I would probably agree about seven and a half, six and a half if it was Georgia, probably ten and a half for Michigan. And I would yeah, pick Bama to cover easily either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, 14 is probably where I put the minimum of a host. Uh, I mean, of what Alabama would beat. Uh, Michigan by, but I, I think the spread would open probably about 10, 10 and a half. Um, all right, and we'll actually go, go over the national championship game once uh, we find out who uh, is going to be playing this weekend. Uh, we Perhaps we record Saturday night or Sunday. Um, let's go into Saturday. Uh, on New Year's, we start with Penn State versus Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Arkansas, two-point favorite now after Penn State has suffered uh, a rash of um, opt-outs, uh, missing now four or five of their top defensive players, missing Jahan Dodson offensively. Um, I just <coughs> excuse me. Um, I just don't know uh, if Penn State's going to have the offensive fortitude in this game to keep up with Arkansas's. Arkansas offensively, I know Arkansas lost Traylon Burke, uh, but I just I, I think Arkansas still probably has enough offensively to beat Penn State's defense enough. While on the other hand, we haven't seen Penn State's offense be explosive consistently all year, and I think there may need to be a chance that they need to be to win this Outback Bowl. So uh, give me Arkansas minus two. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Hogs. Um, I'm surprised the spread isn't bigger. And again, I think this is one of those bowl games where the motivation factor is truly a factor. Um, at Penn State, going 7-5 to five and playing the Outback Bowl is never what you want. That's never what the expectations are. At Arkansas, they're, what, 8-4? and four. If you can go 9-4 and four with an Outback Bowl victory, um, that that's a heck of a season at Arkansas, especially in only, what, year two under Sam Pittman? That, that's a hell of a season for the Hogs. So I think you're going to see that be a factor. And, man, just Penn State, I, like you said, all the opt-outs and just as a Penn State fan, just, man, put this damn season to rest already. Let's just move on. It's been a disaster. Everything that's been a complete disaster since that sack against Iowa with Sean Clifford, just, just end this damn season. Give me Arkansas. All right, so we both take Arkansas at minus two. The over-under is currently set at 48. I do think we hit the over on that one as well. I think I think we're looking at probably a 28-24 type game here. Yeah, give me the overall. So I definitely could see Arkansas getting north of 30 in this thing because Penn State's defense is so depleted. And Penn State's offense, I still think Sean Clifford's enough of a baller, and there's some young weapons there at receiver, you know, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Malik Mega, that we see Penn State hit enough big plays to probably get themselves over 20. That moves us back into the New Year's Six Bowl games where we got the Fiesta Ball on New Year's at 1 p.m. Number nine, Oklahoma State versus number five, Notre Dame. Notre Dame a two-point favorite here. 
Currently, the over-under is set at 45. Let me tell you, Marty, I like the under again here at 45. Um, two really phenomenal defenses this year here. Um, Knowles is coaching this. Is Knowles coaching this game for Oklahoma State? Um, I am not certain. I have not seen. Let me see real quick off of Google search. But I'm going to guess probably not because the first thing I Googled and saw was how impressed Ohio State players have been with Jim Knowles. So I'm going to guess he's probably yeah. Columbus. Yeah, he, he's not coaching <laughs> the festival. ball. That being said, I don't think it's going to matter much. Oklahoma is going to Oklahoma State is going to come in this game with the same game plan they've had most of the season in terms of their defensive philosophy. Nothing major is going to change, and that staff should have enough wisdom from Knowles and themselves to really put together a solid game plan here. I think against Notre Dame, an offense that isn't overly explosive that they should be able to stop more than not. Um, that being said, I like Notre Dame minus two and a half here. Marcus Freeman's first game as the Fine Arts head coach. Those players are going to come in hugely motivated. He's going to come in hugely motivated. I can see Notre Dame winning this one upwards of seven to ten points. Uh, so give me Notre Dame minus two and a half and give me the under. Yeah, I agree with the under. I think the under here is one of the easiest bets of bowl season. You have two really good defenses and two offenses that leave a lot to be desired. Um, that said, yeah, I agree with you. I think Notre Dame wins. I just think they're the better team. Um, I don't think either team's great offensively, but I think the Fighting Irish bring a little bit more to the table. So, yeah, give me Notre Dame to win and give me the under. Sorry for the delay. Everybody went through a little bit of a coughing fit there. Um out of nowhere, too. Um, either way, we move on to the Citrus Bowl. 1 p.m. ABC. Number 15, Iowa versus number 22, Kentucky. Kentucky a three-point favorite here. Uh, Over-under set at 44. I, again, once again, love the under here. I don't think either team is going to – I think both teams could struggle to hit 20 points in this game. Neither offense is overly explosive. Uh, Kentucky averages 33 points. Iowa, 23 uh, points. Um, that being said, I do like Kentucky to win this game outright. And I think that three-point spread is probably right around where it should be. I can see them this being a push here. So uh, g- give me the rare push. I'm going to say push, but give me the under. <laughs> I think I agree with you because these are two really good defenses and two offenses that I just don't know. Just they're just they're not good, you know. Um, yeah, I, give me Kentucky. I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably take the Wildcats. I think Will Levis might be the best quarterback in this game. Maybe I'm not certain. No, I I, 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 think I, think, I don't good. think that's a question. Spencer Peters isn't good. Yeah, but heavy. I mean, Will Levis can't throw anything with any sort of accuracy on any pass less than like 40 yards down the field. That's awesome. But I guess worst case scenario, Kentucky can just go battering around with Will Levis and just run everybody over. But yeah, I, I, I definitely love the under in this game. If I was going to bet on this game, I would feel very comfortable betting the under. Um, yeah. If I had to pick, I think I'd pick Kentucky, but I like your push pick. Cause this is just, if this game wound up nine to six, absolutely nobody would be surprised by that. Yeah, this may be the most Big Ten game of the college football season in terms of final score here. And it's Iowa. Oh, it's weird. Weird. When you got Iowa, weird shit's going to happen. 
All right. That moves on to the Rose Bowl at 5 p.m. on New Year's. Number 11, Utah versus number 6, Ohio State. This spread all the way down in minus 4 in favor of Ohio State. Over-under set at 64. That's a ton of points, but you know what? You give me the over. First of all, I think both teams are going to score well into the 30s and possibly the 40s. I think this could be a uh, Penn State-USC type Rose Bowl that we saw a couple years ago. Uh, give me Utah to cover. Uh, well, give me a hot. Yeah, give me Utah to currently cover the spread. Um, ESPN actually has the spread at four in favor of Ohio State, but if you go into the pick center, the spread consensus is Utah minus four and a half. And I'm going to take Utah here to cover the book spread of four in favor of Ohio State. Yeah, I think Utes win this thing outright. Um, Ohio State, again, it's the Rose Bowl. I don't care what anybody says. You can diminish bowl games all you want. The Rose Bowl is special. I, uh, nobody can ever refute that to me. Maybe that's just because as a kid who grew up in Big Ten country, and just to me there's nothing more magical in all of sports than that 5 o'clock kickoff on New Year's Day and that sunset in Pasadena. And it's just it's, it's, it's the greatest venue in all of American sports, in my opinion. That said, I think Utah, this game means more to them and not even so much that since what middle of September, name me a team in the country has played better football than Utah. You know, they, they're yeah. a team who, if there was a 12 team playoff this year, they'd be dangerous because they are playing at a playoff level right now. They are extremely physical, which we've seen give Ohio State problems this year. And one thing, too, with Ohio State is no Chris Olave and no Garrett Wilson, which is big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, obviously. They've still got weapons out the wazoo. Travion Henderson, Jeremy Rucker, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. So it's not like they're going to be hurting for firepower, but they're down to their top receivers. I think the Utes get it done. Give me the Utes. Man, I think I'll go the under. If Ohio State was full-powered, I'd say the over. But with, with the Buckeyes missing some of their important keys in offense, give me the under. That's that's totally fair about the over under. Um, I think for me, it's I'm so used to a team like Ohio State being the a, a true next man up type team. It's a lot like Alabama. I mean, Alabama loses Jalen Watt on Devontae Smith, and they go out and they find people like Jamison Williams to come step in and you know be one of the best receivers in the country. Jamison Williams, also a former Buckeye. Um. Which is, a again, kind of to my point where I just think Ohio State is going to find people to step up in this game and uh, still be able to put up points. Not to mention they have, I think, possibly the best running back in the country in Travion Henderson. Who's actually playing this week? Um, let's go to the Sugar Bowl. 8.45 p.m. on ESPN. Current spread is... Old Miss minus one and a half, over under set of 55 and a half. What do you got on this one, Marty? I, I got to take a drink quickly here. No, you're good. Um, man, in terms of the bowl game itself, the Rose Bowl always is, always will be my favorite New Year's Six Bowl, be my favorite bowl game period for the reasons I said. That said, in terms of the game that's going to be played, this is my favorite New Year's Six Bowl this year. I think you have two teams that are going to be extremely motivated. You have two teams coming off of 
each of them having arguably the best season in program history, each of them are going to want to finish it off with a victory in a New Year's Six Bowl and in the Sugar Bowl. You know the lane trains hold nothing back with Ole Miss. Um, I'm sure Dave Aranda and Baylor, it would be a huge statement for them to finish this season off as Big Ten champions, winners of the Sugar Bowl that will put them at 12-2. and two. Like I'm not sure Baylor has ever won 12 games before in a season. I know Ole Miss has never won 11 games before. So this game is going to mean a lot to both teams. They're two fun teams to watch. Um, I think this is going to be an extremely entertaining game. It'll be a heck of a way to cap off New Year's Day. Man, it's I'm definitely taking the over. I know that. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and overs, that's just you have to, especially going against anybody other than Alabama. Um, as for the game itself, I think the Rebels get it done. I think the better quarterback play with Matt Corral is why I would lean Ole Miss, but it certainly wouldn't be surprised to see Baylor win because they're just a, they're a tremendous football team. Yeah, I I actually agree with you uh, for the most part here, and I I really don't have anything much to say that you didn't say. You kind of stole all the words out of my mouth. Um, I I think you really did a great job uh, talking about this one, and I'm going with the same picks as you. So thanks for making that one easy. <laughs> I do what I can. Do what I can. That takes us to uh, the last bowl game before the national championship. Tuesday, January 4th, the Texas Bowl, LSU versus Kansas State. Kansas State, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under set at 48. Uh, This is a tough one. Um, Gut says take LSU minus three-and-a-half, but on the other hand, Kansas State won their last three. Sorry. They they won three of their last five games into the end of the season, but lost. Uh, each of the last two. LSU, on the other hand, won each of the last two games at the end of the season, including a game over Texas A&M. Um, and they really didn't play bad down the stretch, either the last four or five games. Uh, 31-17 loss to Ole Miss. 2014 loss to Alabama. 16-13 loss to Arkansas in overtime. 27-14 win over Louisiana Monroe. 27-24 win over A&M. Um, give me LSU. They played. Uh, they played a little better going down the stretch. I think. Um, I I don't know who's gonna be. I mean, Miles Brennan is returning now, correct? Yes. Correct. So I would assume he's going to be the quarterback. Yes. If Miles Brennan starts, I think LSU wins this game. Um, I don't like Kansas State, but give me Miles Brennan and LSU if he in fact does play. Plus. They have a really nice running back there in uh, Tyron Davis-Price uh, as well. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to take the under in this game. I know that. I don't even know what the over-under is. I'm uh, sure he said it. I missed it. I got 48. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the under no matter what in this one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth. Kansas State has the regular coaching staff, which I think is going to pay dividends. I go see some LSU kids being full-fledged. Let's just get the season over with mode. Um I, I, LSU should win by all accounts. They're the more talented team. Um, but I think I'm with you. I think if Brennan plays, give me the Tigers. If not, I think the Wildcats get it done. Yeah. I, uh, that's, uh, I mean, I guess I should have kept up with this. Is Deuce Vaughn playing? That I'm not sure. Let me look up if Deuce Vaughn is playing. I haven't heard anything. Is Deuce Vaughn even eligible? 
don't think so. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn isn't even eligible, so that's a stupid question by me. Um, uh, yeah, give me give me uh, LSU to win this one uh, if Miles Brandon does play, like I said, and give me the under. Um, th- and that's all the bowl games here. This wasn't my smoothest episode of my board. My apologies, everybody. Uh, the coffin attack in the middle did not help. Um, any other thoughts, Marty, on college football before we wrap up? Uh, and we'll obviously be back in a couple of days to talk about the upcoming potential what national championship matchups. Uh, and also, we have to give out coaching grades for every coaching hire. Yeah, no, um, I don't think a whole lot right now. You know, just enjoy these next couple of days because after after Saturday, it's other than the national championship game, it's it's all over until next year. So you know, you got a couple more days here of wall to wall college football action. Enjoy it, everyone, and then sit down and let the misery that is the off season begin. I kind of said it and better myself. Everybody, if you're listening to the podcast still, thank you for listening throughout the entire episode. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever you listen to your podcast on. Be sure to leave a uh, like and a, a rating if you're on Google or Spotify now that Spotify has, has uh, introduced reviews. Be sure to share with our, your friends, family, any college football fans you may know. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Instagram, TikTok, all in the same college, FB underscore 365. Uh, and I think that's about it. Uh, besides that, everybody, have a great New Year's. Uh, hope your holidays all went well. And uh, hopefully you all have a good New Year's. And uh, next time we talk, it'll be 2022. We'll be wrapping up the 2022, sorry, 2021 college football season. Looking forward to the national championship game. And uh, like Marty said, then, then we uh, all strap in for what will be a long off season uh, until next August. But until then, everybody, thank you for listening again, and we'll talk to you all real soon.